Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. It is championship week, which means we get the Fab Four back together one more time before we put a bow on the whole season next week, bringing Todd Holcomb from the Georgia High School Football Daily, their grand exalted poobah, in. And what is up, Todd? Well, I would say it's probably the most exciting uh, week of the season, especially with the move to Georgia State to see how that's going to play out. But, um, but eight really big games on Friday and Saturday. Hannah, first question to you. Yeah, Todd and everybody, happy championship week. Happy championship week. Todd, looking at the schedule, there are a lot of teams that haven't made it this far in decades, like Marietta, or ever, like Crisp County. Which teams have surprised you the most this season? Well, let's see. I would say that, um, hmm, that's a good question, the most for the whole season. You know, um, of course, this is the first title run by Chris County, so they're, this is the first time they'll be playing in a final, so that's a little bit of a surprise, although I think they're ranked about 10th in preseason, so they're a little bit of a surprise. Um, a little surprised to see Wesleyan in. I mean, they have a, a young team that we probably didn't see coming. I mean, they, they always have pretty good teams, but um, their, their quarterback, their best running back, one of their top receivers are all sophomores, so... Maybe they've arrived early, so um, I think it's impressive for them to get in there. I didn't think, you know, Harrison is playing Alatoona in the 6A final, and, I mean, they're always pretty good. It's not a shock, uh, and Alatoona won it a few years ago, but I didn't think they would go this far. I thought Region 1 would, would dominate again with those guys like Lee County and Valdosta and Coffee, but the Cobb County teams broke through, so that's a surprise. Tommy Palmer down in Statesboro. Go for it. All right. My question would be to you, Todd. Have you ever seen anything quite like these last-second field goals this year that win football games late? Well, I yeah. I mean, I think uh, you may have to educate me on which ones went down to the wire. I know that uh, Buford won one not too long ago with their kicker who um, who made one after also I think they had two fourth-down conversions they had to make on the winning drive, and then he kicks the winning field goal in overtime. Um, and he also completed a pass on a fake punt. I think that was what happened in that one. Um, and, uh, yeah, you kind of catch him by, be by surprise. i got to admit, I don't know all these field goals. You, uh, which ones have won at the buzzer? Well, you had Richmond Hill Alatoona last week winning Richmond in overtime. Hill. Yeah, down at the hill. Well, I guess it turned on him because they lost one with a field goal by Jude Kelly that Alatoona won in overtime. you got to have a good kicker. It makes a lot of difference. does make a difference. does make a difference. Now, Todd, from me this week, my question really just has to do with, uh, you know, all of the communities that get to come up to Georgia State Stadium. You're talking about Buena Vista. You're talking about Osceola. You're talking about Warner Robins. All of these great representatives that get to come, and it all happens in this one location. What you know, I, I just part of the coolness factor for me in all of this is just all of the towns that get represented on a weekend like this. Yeah, a lot of them are coming from uh, the south part of, of Georgia, and uh, Brooks County's from uh, near the Florida border, and Dublin's kind of middle south Georgia, Irwin County, Marion County. Um, you know, I think they always uh, argued years ago that they preferred playing in their home stadium. That was what was was done, I guess, about 10 years ago, and it then moved indoors to Georgia Dome and then later at Mercedes-Benz, but... But they can't really complain about this year because they're going to be outdoors. It might be raining a little bit chillier. It's going to be more like a high school atmosphere. But yeah, the, the 
you know, I, I think I saw where um, Dublin's not having school on Friday, for example. Yeah, they already so, checked out. They're like, nope, no school. Everybody head to Atlanta. Yeah, so that's that's how you get your student body to pull for your football team is when you get out of school. <laughs> All right, so for those that, if you're not subscribing to the Georgia High School Football Daily and keeping an eye on everything, as I continue to save each and every one that you and Chip say have ever created, how do you do it? Well, it's a lot of work, and, and right now, you know, one of the big things we're doing is compiling all region teams and, uh, and all all state teams, so, uh, yeah, we stay packed busy up until around Christmas, so I don't really know how we do it, really. It's just the two of us, mainly, with um, with Chip Say and myself. And so, uh, it's uh, GHSF Daily on the Twitters, and I know that there's, uh, you can uh, shoot off an email to subscribe on a daily basis, and uh, you guys do tremendous work, and we will catch up with you one more time. What's the plans for this week as you get ready for championship week? Well, we've got um, we've got previews of every game, and we've got um, kind of a history lesson of some of the past for the teams that are in there. We've got interviews with uh, Coach Dickman of Harrison and Roger Holmes of Dublin and uh, and some others coming along, so should be a good week. Y'all should read it. Hey, no doubt about it. Todd, as always, thanks for hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. We'll catch up with you one more time after the championships next week. Great. Thanks for having me. All right, Todd Holcomb, guys. Uh, Tommy, early thoughts on what uh, Todd had to bring to the table this week? Well, listen, it, it's just getting so interesting now because they're doing so many great things with GHSF Daily. You know, they're really getting down to the interviews with the coaches. And, you know, they're not – none of these coaches that I can see are yes and no people. You know, they're pretty big, very explicit in, in, in what they're telling about what they plan to do and how they feel about their opponents. And I just think we have some really great games, you know, set up. And, again, last week there were a lot of surprises, John, to be quite honest. He mentioned Chris County being one of his surprises this year, and we caught up with Brad Harbor yesterday at Media Days, and he's growing out the beard. <laughs> it, I barely recognized him. He was like, hey, Hannah, and I was like, Coach Harbor? So he's got this big beard, and he said every time the team won, he kept growing it out and growing it out, and he was going to cut it. Playoff for, beard. He was going to cut it for the interview, and his wife and his daughter were like, no, no, no. You can't do that now. But the funny thing is, he said if he gets called Santa Claus one more time, he's going to lose it. But he looks like Santa, and it's <laughs> December. So I'm happy for Crest County. And, and, I'm sure. And, I'm at the, sure. and at the same time, Tommy, you know, we, we talk about – Lowndes and everybody who we know is going to be coming up from Lowndes County, everybody coming from Watkinsville, everybody coming from Cordell, everybody coming from Osceola and Buena Vista specifically. You know, Cobb County is going to be represented. Warner Robins is going to bring a lot of folks. Lawrence County is going to bring everybody. Todd mentioned Quitman. I mean, it's going to be a great representation, and I think it's a really cool cross-section of the state too. I, I think it is too, and I think we may have some of our larger crowds because the games are all so interesting. Uh, you've got your second time around with Dublin and Brooks County. Everybody who lives in Brooks County is going to come to the mm-hmm. game. And, of course, uh, Dublin City Schools, you know, they've turned out school on Friday. So they're going to, you, you know, they're going to travel well. The excused and, absence. Uh, yeah, excused <laughs> absence, yeah. I, don't, I can't remember ever having one of those unless it was no. a long road trip, no. to be honest with you. No doubt. Yeah. But uh, I, I just look forward to it. Uh, what, a, what a great effort 
you know, to to have Lowndes and Marietta playing on a Saturday night in Atlanta. And I'm not even going to talk about the weather. It doesn't matter. You know, 14 games so far have been played outside. What's one more game for each team? And you got royalty with Warner Robins and Buford going at it for right. game number three on Friday in 5A. Yeah, well, what a what a great matchup there. And I believe it was, if my memory serves me correct, uh, Warner Robins eliminated Buford last year, didn't they? Yeah, so, I mean, you're, you're talking about a first-year head coach in Marquise and a first-year head coach in Bryant Appling, but two programs that have just been at it forever. And, you know, you mentioned Dublin and Brooks being a rematch, and that's, and that's why when you look at all these rematches, that's why a guy like Roger Holmes is going to schedule a road trip to Quitman so you can be ready for all of these ideas about having to go on the road like they did last week to Thomasville and being ready for these long road trips and all of the machinations that are involved, especially with the last game of the year. Yeah, he, he told me uh, mid-season, he said when we were going to Brooks, we we're going to have the charter buses, you know, the meals and all that and get them used to traveling to places they've never been. And uh, he said, we don't charter many buses here at Dublin. So, you know, it, it's a big deal. I'm sure they'll get the chartered bus to go to Georgia State Stadium, though. No doubt. Is there one player in particular that you haven't seen a whole lot of that you're looking forward to seeing the most? Uh, Maybe a, Is it like a Jaquez Evans from Dublin or somebody like that, even though I'm sure that you've probably got a good handle on him? You know, for me, it would be somebody like that or Markale Jones at Warner Robins, the big receiver, somebody like that. Yeah, I, I really I want to see DJ Lundy again from Irwin County. There you go. I like that. One. I had him back when I think he was a freshman. I had their game, and uh, gosh, what a great running back then! I can only imagine he's probably up to to full season form now after missing the first half of the season. He, I've always thought he was a great uh, running back, but I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing him again. And, of course, you know, I'm I'm not opposed. I'm conservative, but I'm not opposed to people throwing it all over the place. I want to see... I want to see what speed does on that turf because everybody that's going up there has does not play on turf. And speed does make a difference. It really does. Thanks, Tommy, down in Statesboro. Looking forward to seeing you soon. All right, John, in 1A public, Irwin County versus Marion County. Irwin County has declared their interim head coach, Casey Soliday. You caught up with him at Media Days at Georgia State Stadium. What did he have to say? Yeah, it was just uh, catching up with Casey. He's their defensive coordinator, and he's been named uh, the interim head coach. Uh, we don't know what Buddy Noble's uh, travel situation is going to be when it comes to the championship game first thing on Saturday morning, but we'll keep an eye on that, and when we know more, we'll let you know. They wanted to try to find out about the platform, whether or not they could bring it inside Georgia State and assemble it, and his golf cart. And So those are a couple of issues that they're trying to sort out. But really, over the last couple of weeks, when you look at Irwin County, They've been trying to defend between the tackles. It's been two run games in a row. And so now with a team like Marion County and Chris Kirksey, it's out on the perimeter. It's passing game. It's RPO and that kind of stuff. So I think that in catching up with Casey, I think that was the biggest thing is that the concern, how is my defense going to act with everything out on the perimeter as opposed to being focused with everybody you know, in the box, so to speak, trying to defend against the run? Marion County ranked number four in the preseason is the only unranked team in the finals, making its first appearance since the 2013 Class A championship. What about them? Yeah, I mean, Marion County, once again, it's a high-powered offense. And when you 
are able to to get through Pelham when you're the number two seed, you know, and what uh, we got to talk to Matt Stewart about reseeding and all that kind of stuff. And so you end up with number one and number two in single A public. And Marion County's done tremendous work all season long. You know, when, when you knock off a Pelham team of the Dondreal Pinkins and what they've been able to do this season, it's a back-and-forth game. They've earned every single bit of it, looking to get their second title in six years. Let's circle back around okay. for just a minute. Circling. Let's talk 7A Marietta versus Lounge. Sure. Break it down just a little bit more. Well, okay. You got to talk to Randy McPherson. What did he have to say? I did. And I asked him, how do you stop Marietta senior quarterback Harrison Bailey? Slow down, maybe? Senior tight end Eric Gilbert. And he looked at me. He paused for a second, first of all. And he goes, Hannah, you don't stop them. You let them get theirs and you stop the other nine. The other nine. Like okay. Kamani Vidal. Right. But Parkview did that. Parkview shut down Kamani Vidal, and they lost. Right. So is that something that's going to be effective? I mean, Harrison to Gilbert, they can put 42 on you, just them. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the O-line blocking. But. Right. And that's the thing. It's going to come down to pressure, I think, from Lowndes' defense and... The, the matchup problem that Eric Gilbert gives you out on the edge, you know, 6'5", 250 pounds, 250 plus, that, that is a problem that a lot of teams are now getting to face in the pro ranks these days. When you have guys like a, a Tyler Eifert, when you have a, you know, a Rob Gronkowski, someone who's that big that you can flex out like a Travis Kelsey, that's what you're dealing with here when you're looking at Eric Gilbert. And the question is, do you want those two to beat you and hang on to the other nine or... Do you try to sit there and, and turn it around? And I think that's the question for Randy McPherson because you know that Randy's going to run the ball, and he's going to run the ball, and, and he's going to run the ball, by the way, which probably means that since you and I are talking about this, they're probably going to orient some kind of a massive air raid pass package that none of us have seen for the last game of the year. But, I mean, Randy takes a, an incredible amount of pride in his running game and his offensive line, and his line play. I think that he's going to try to get pressure defensively on Harrison Bailey with four, dropping seven into coverage, and making sure that someone's got eyes on Harrison Bailey, double-teaming Eric Gilbert all day long. It's going to be one of the most intriguing championship matchups that we've seen in quite some time. I'm going to steal your line. I love all my children equally. Oh, yeah. But I am so excited for this game. Oh, yeah. I'm just, I'm like a football freak. I have chills talking about this game right now. <laughs> I'm so pumped. Well, I mean, with all of the talent that's on the yeah. field, and some of them are going to be a part of the all-GPB team on offense and defense this year, and we're going to unveil that this weekend at Georgia State Stadium, too. But no, this is this is the talent that's on display. I mean, you can go down each of the games that we're going to have. In, you know, going backwards, we talked Lowndes and Marietta, Oconee County with Max Johnson, Blessed Trinity with their young talent, Crisp with what they are, and uh, you talk to Matt Stewart, and he thinks that they're a year ahead of time. Cedar Grove chasing after their third title in four years. You look at Irwin and what they're trying to do for the first time since 1975, getting past Clinch County. Marion County trying to do what they have since 2013. It's Harrison and Alatoona who uh, Gary Varner, he saw this matchup. He's like, yeah, I know we're going to get Harrison. And and so you got Harrison. you got Buford and Warner Robbins and their talent. All the guys from Buford who are going everywhere in Division One. Brooks County, a special town when it comes to football and then Dublin, another great, just the offense that Dublin has been able to show this year. And we got into that with Tommy as well. And then Wesley and Eagles Landing, Christian chasing history. I mean, there's a lot of different storylines in play each and every game that we have this week. Elka going for five in a row? Five. (laughs) One for the thumb in a row. And that is, that's, that is tall timber. That really is. 
Good stuff, John. We have more of this more. on Bracketology. Yes. We just shot it Monday live uh-huh. at 1 o'clock. We did. So go back and watch it. Yeah. Me, John, Matt. Yes. We break it down. We do. We made some predictions, too. Well, that always gets a little the, the thing hairy is, with John. Well, the thing is, is that, you know, we're there for the games the entire time. And, you know, hey, yeah, you picked you picked so-and-so. Well, usually when I pick something, it's wrong anyway. So you ought to be glad that I went the other way and picked the other team. So that's usually how it goes with me in predictions. I'm not very good at it. My predictions were just based on silly things. Like As they sh- yeah. I, I p- picked Chris County because of the beard. Brad's beard. Brad's so beard. <laughs> that's my prediction. Brad's beard is better than Miguel Patrick's beard. Therefore, I picked Chris. Yes, yeah, that I, was pretty much my exact I see. Line. I see where you're going, yeah. I guess I guess it's time to uh, you want to close this one up. You want me to wrap it up? I think you should. All right, let's do Go it for the promo. Let's talk our schedule. We will be live on GPB starting Friday, December thirteenth, from Georgia State Stadium. I've heard of that place. We will begin at ten a.m. with single A private. Then at one o'clock, we will have double A, four thirty, five A. 8 o'clock, 6A. Then on Saturday, December 14th, we will start it all over We're again. never leaving Georgia State Stadium. Sleeping underneath the broadcast booth. You ain't kidding. 10 o'clock a.m. will be single-A public. 1 o'clock will be triple-A. 4.30 will be quad-A. And 8 o'clock, that big game, Lowndes versus Marietta. 7A. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a long couple of days. But this is this is the best football in the state. Number three state in the country when it comes to high school football talent. GPB, gpb.org, the GPB Sports app, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube. Did I miss anything? Instagram. Okay, Instagram. <laughs> Did so, you already say that? I might have. I, I was trying to do it quickly, and I couldn't remember. So it's going to be eight games in about 38 hours. The Not just the GPB Sports Army, but the entire GPB Army is putting this one together. I mean, you got folks on multiple floors doing multiple things, and we love being able to do this for you as putting the, the bow on the high school football season in one of the best states in the country for high school football. We're doing a new thing, too. We're putting out the all-GPB team mm-hmm. where we are picking the best players regardless of classification. Look for that on the broadcast and all of those interviews we got with the head coaches at Media Days. We are releasing those all week long on our social media accounts. Big thanks to Todd Holcomb from the Georgia High School Football Daily and, as always, our co-pilot from down in Statesboro, Tommy Palmer. The show is produced by the irreplaceable Sean Powers. You can pick up the football Fridays in Georgia podcast wherever your favorite podcatcher is found. Once again, don't forget to download the GPB Sports app. And hey, Alexa smart speaker listeners, you can also chime in as well and get the top five games and teams of the week. Plus, you can also listen to the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast that way. So for Tommy, for Todd, for Sean, for Hannah, I'm just John. Play it safe, everybody. We'll see you at Georgia State. Bye.